All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Wednesday, December 27th of 2023 here. Looking ahead, we have a six-game NBA slate on tap tonight. We have a 14-game NHL slate, and then NFL will be returning tomorrow. So it should be a good day of DFS. For those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. You get your questions in one of three ways here. First off, send us an email, support at sabersim.com. Second, post it live in the YouTube chat. Third way, post it in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord, want to get access to that channel, there's a link in the description of this video. You also get access to our similar channels individual sport channels and you get access to the rest of the SaberSim team who are around each and every day in the channels helping people to get better and answering questions throughout the day so can't say enough good things about the discord but before we get started as always want to remind you guys about our weekly max challenge we have new people signing up and checking out SaberSim each and every day so there's still time to get in on the action our weekly max challenge is a promotion slash giveaway we do during the NFL season you get access to Weekly prizes, season-long prizes. All you have to do, use this green enter the challenge button, follow the eligibility requirements down here on the bottom, and it's completely free to participate. And the link to this page is in the description of this video. This is for DraftKings. And then we also have an option for owner's box as well. So uh, make sure that you get signed up and you participate. But with that said, we're going to jump right in here, and we are going to jump into uh, start with questions that came in in the discord first and then we will jump over to questions that came in in the live youtube chat so first question here question says should i should i run a contest sim after my late swap lineup has been created uh, i would say yes if you are on the ultimate plan if you have access to contest sims i would 100 run a run a uh, run a contest sim during late swap the biggest reason to do that is that if you notice, when you go to any contest in the lobby here, you're going to see that these two toggles are toggled on automatically. Use live sims if available. Use live field lineups if available. So in case anybody's not aware, uh, what we are doing over here at SaberSim, which nobody else in the industry is doing, is we are taking actual ownership from the contests. We are intaking that information we are using that as inputs and we are rebuilding ownership throughout the night. So as players lock, you know, maybe somebody's projection projected ownership is 25%. Well, maybe they come in at 30%. So we're going to take in that 30% value. And then we're going to say, Hey, you know, with these new data points, let's rebuild the ownership for the rest of the slate. So ownership is always updating live Sims as well. So what we are doing is we are, running live simulations of the game based on how the game has played out to that point in time. So if, you know, uh, Trey Young is projected for 45 points in the, and at halftime he has, you know, 35 and he's, you know, way over expectation, you know, it's, it's not right to say that, Hey, his projection is still 45. Uh, what we are doing is we are re-simulating the game from that point on. And we're saying, Hey, you know, up to this point, you know, Second quarter, end of the second quarter, Trey Young has 35 points. How do we think he's going to project the rest of the game based on how many minutes he's played, based on the score of the game, based on all these different factors? And then we're going to give him a new projection. So by running your late swap, by using the live contest sim, you're taking advantage of how the game has played up to that point. 
and you are using the live uh, updating ownership as well. So very important to continue to late swap and uh, and uh, run contest sims as the night goes on here. But good question to get us started. All right, next question here. Question says, what exactly does uploading a CSV for a live contest do in the contest tab, and should I be doing it before running Sims? Okay, really good question here. So um, if you guys haven't seen this, um, this is this is a new thing here. So if I go back to yesterday, you'd probably be able to see it. Um, so basically what we're trying to do is we're trying to give users a little more control here. Um, so one new feature here is upload contest file. So the reason that we have this here is so if live updating ownership is, or if, if live sims aren't running, or if um, a slate is over and the sim status still says live and not final, we want to give users the ability to update those things themselves rather than having to rely on us if we're not around, uh, et cetera, et cetera here. So what this does, it allows a user to come in here. So if if uh, the sim status said live, you would be able to get the contest file from DraftKings and then upload it here. And then if uh, I believe there's some like parameters about like how many people have to do it for it to be active. But uh, but if a couple people do it here, then we will run the final sim uh, based on how many users use this button. So uh, it's 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 really just like a feature. Uh, there's nothing you have to do here. It's just like an option in case this isn't updated and you want to see it updated. You have the ability to kind of come in here and push that process along. So giving the users a little bit more control in that regard so they don't even have to rely on us. They can take it into their own hands. But good question. We have not talked about that new feature. All right. Question here from... Who's Yaladi? All right. Question says, I have watched a lot of tutorial videos and read through the support channel since I started my sub last week, but feel like I'm either missing a step or just need confirmation that I'm entering my lineups correctly. If I'm entering four contests, 220 max, 2150 max for a total of 340 lineups, I should build all 340 lineups together to ensure that there will be no duplicates that run the contest sim. Then when saving my lineups to the specific contest, I want to use unique rank to make sure the highest risk adjusted ROI lineups go to the highest entry contest. Do you check all four contests and simply drag your contest names from top to bottom by priority? Or should I check one contest at a time by unique rank? Thank you, Andrew. Okay. Great question here. So so yes, I would do it exactly the way you said it, right? So I, I loaded up an entries file here. I have three single entries. We're just going to do this example here. So let's say I'm playing three lineups. Uh, I'm good with my lineups. I'm happy with them. When I go to save, right? So what unique rank does, it is going to put your number one ranked lineup. So this rank one here into the very top contest. Now you can move these around with the drag and drop. So if I want this other contest, I could drag it up. So I could, you know, do it however I want by by entry fees, by prize pool, by percent to first, whatever, whatever makes makes you happy here. So just use a drag and drop. The, the cool thing about unique rank, right, is that it's going to make sure that every lineup gets used before another lineup gets used. So lineup one will go into the top contest. Lineup two will go into the second contest. Lineup three will go into the third contest. If there was a fourth contest, 
then what would happen is that it would circle back and then use lineup number one again. So all you have to do is just make sure that they're all checked. And then Saberson is going to go, okay, lineup one, okay, lineup two, okay, lineup three. So that is what is happening there. And I would just leave all of them checked, use unique rank, click save to contest. And then you'll notice that the download selected entries button uh, becomes green here. And then you just download your entries and then upload them to the site and you should be all set. And then a follow-up question here. Question says, if possible, could you touch on lead swap? Isn't it the same process? I was confident last week in only building one set of lineups. We just want to make sure I'm building correctly. Uh, so late swap is a little different. And I think we could demo this, right? So if I go to late swap, uh, first thing here, you know, just remember, guys, we have this new feature down here on the bottom, swap method. So what you could do is you could clone the current build settings. So if you made any adjustments to projections, minimax exposures, any of those things that you want to carry over into your new build, just make sure that the swap method says clone, which it does automatically here. Or you can start with a completely fresh build by going to use defaults. This will give you a brand new window of, of tabular data with no adjustments, okay? But uh, clone is, is the preferred option for most people. If they're tweaking things, they just want those things to carry over into their next build. So that's why it's set up that way. Uh, but then I go to late swap, right? So then it's going to open up the swap window. Uh, biggest thing that I've seen people get confused about here is the swaps per lineup and the pool size. So you're going to notice that the pool size is grayed out automatically. So what happens here is that all we're doing is that we are taking each individual lineup and then we are building different iterations of that lineup. So we might have lineup one and the swaps per lineup is 10. That means that we're going to build 10 new versions of the original lineup. So what people will do is like, hey, you know, I want to build uh, a, a, you know, 500, but maybe they, they already have 150 lineups. So basically what I'm trying to say is the pool size is still maxed out at 5,000. Okay guys. So, uh, you know, if I were to put in, you know, 1500, you see my pool size goes to 4,500. Great. Right. But if I try and put in 2000, it's going to revert back to a number that is below the 5,000 pool size threshold here. So just remember that the, uh, pool size is still capped at 5,000. And that Saber Sim is going to give you as many iterations of the lineup as it can underneath that threshold. Okay. So just wanted to clarify that one thing here. And then I'm going to kick off this late swap here. Uh, the fill entries process is a little bit different. So when you come here, or actually, I'm I'm sorry, maybe it's not. So uh, what it's going to do, uh, the only difference here is that the method is, is different. So the, the filling process is the same, but the method is going to be locked. So what it's going to do is going to say late swap. What it's doing here is it's identifying which lineups are in which contest. And then it's taking the versions that it gave here. And then it is uh, just filling it. So you don't have to do anything with the uh, fill method here. It's not going to matter whether you move lineups or contests up and down just because it's identifying which lineup is in which contest and then putting the new version of that lineup into the correct contest. And, and then you just use save to contest, you download, and then you're all set. So that's like the only major difference there is the fill method. All right. Good questions there. Jumping back to the Office Hours channel. Uh, next question here. Question says, I think this one came in a couple times here. I also saw it in the YouTube chat. Uh, how many uniques for 20 max contests? So, uh, you know, the truth is with many uniques, there's really not a wrong or right answer. It's going to depend on a couple things, right? So, yeah, maybe you're playing a 20 max, but 
maybe you're there's only you know four games on the slate well then you know that's that's a much smaller player pool than if there is 14 games on the slate right so the the slate size the raw number of games the raw number of players is going to determine how many mini uniques you can get to right so ultimately mini uniques are a tool for you to use if you want to get to a more neutrally correlated lineup so the idea here is that when your mini uniques are at one, that means that each lineup could, in theory, have eight, share, could share eight out of, uh, is it is it eight? DraftKings is eight. So it could share seven out of eight players here. So every lineup could have the same seven players and then one player different and then one player different. Well, what will happen in that situation is that when you actually like look at your results on the app on DraftKings or FanDuel, you're going to see that your lineups are going to be grouped really, really tight. They're going to be like all together throughout the different standings, right? So what Mini Neeks does is it guarantees that you have so many players different in each lineup that you play. So when I increase Mini Neeks to, uh, I'm going to go back to the original non-swap build here because I only build a couple lineups. So then when I come over here and I go to four Mini Neeks, what this is now saying is like, hey, make sure that every lineup has at least four players different from every other lineup in my set. And then what SaberSim is going to do is go and look through your pool to find those lineups. So what happened here is that, okay, lineup one had four players different from lineup two, but lineup three did not. So we actually had to skip lineup three and then go down to lineup four here, which is like completely fine to do. But now we're guaranteeing that, that, uh, difference between the lineups. So then Saberson might have to go further down in the pool to meet that requirement here. Right. But the concept is that when you do this, your lineups are going to be more spread out across your contest. Like when you actually look at the standings, uh, basically, you know, the, what happens with one lineup is going to have less of a bearing of what happens with all your other lineups. Right. So you're going to see like, Hey, some lineups, you know, maybe somebody got hurt. Maybe somebody, you know, got benched. Maybe somebody's doing really bad. Well, like, you know, yeah, that sucks for like this, you know, subset of lineups here, but you still probably have other lineups without that player. And then your, your, uh, your, your lineups are going to be more spread out across the standings here. So that's what mini Neeks does. It is a, uh, it is a tool. It is not something you have to use. I've talked to really good players who love using it. I've talked to really good players who don't use it at all. And, uh, it really just comes down to personal preference here. I'm, I'm a proponent of it. Um, you know, Jordan talks a lot about it as well. Jordan and I do use it a little bit differently here. So he likes to like max out his uniqueness and, and get as spread out as possible. I'm somebody who likes to uh, use it and then kind of watch my leverages and exposures change and then kind of get to a point where I feel comfortable with the leverages and exposures and kind of the stance I'm taking. So I do a little more subjectively, uh, but like I said, you know, there's, there's no wrong or right answer, but just understanding the concept of it, understanding how it works is going to help you to figure out what is the best way for you to use it. All right. Really good question. All right. So our last question in the discord at the moment, and then we will jump over to the YouTube chat. Question says, mostly all of the videos I've watched about the correlation slider and sim diversity sliders say that backtesting shows that they are the best fit after putting in your build settings. If that is correct, why still have those sliders on there to adjust? Just trying to figure out more with those two sliders to maximize my lineup to be more competitive in GPPs. Okay, good question. Yeah, I mean, the, the truth is, you know, they are backtested, but... Uh, people like to tinker, honestly. Uh, it's really what it comes down to. It's really about giving people the option to change it. Um, 
we recommend not changing it. We think that, you know, what they are set at is the best recommended option here, but sometimes people disagree and that's okay, right? If, if you're not seeing something that you want, well, Hey, you can come in and adjust the sliders and make an adjustment. So like maybe you're playing NFL and your lineups just aren't stacked enough. Maybe you want these like ultra correlated heavy stacks and you want to get to like super correlated lineups. Well, the easiest way to do that would be to come in here and then increase the correlation slider. Like, Hey, you know, correlations at one. I mean, this is NBA. So it's a little bit different, you know, maybe I'm going to bump it up two ticks so I can get more stacks so I can get more correlation in my lineup. So it's definitely up there as an option for you. Uh, you know, we don't think that's the best place for you to add value in the process. We think that, you know, the best place for you to add value is in the post build, you know, um, dialing in your, your leverages, understanding what stands you're taking, understanding, uh, you know, your, your, uh, diversity of your lineups and doing research, uh, into, you know, situations where you think that you can add value one way or another. Right. So I like to focus on like researching injuries or researching uncertain situations or situations where there's a, a lot of opportunity or things have like changed in, in the dynamics of like the team maybe. So, uh, those are like areas that I like to spend my time, but ultimately I don't think adjusting the sliders is, is great unless, you know, your lineups are not looking the way you want and maybe you can change it by adjusting like your correlation slider, for example. Okay. Great question. Jumping over to the YouTube chat. M Jackson said, I'm trying to find ways to manage risk of being too heavy on one player without sacrificing quality of the Sims is setting max exposure to 50 sacrificing too much upside. Okay. Good question. So, um, I don't love the idea of like just setting a blanket exposure uh, to everybody. And, and really because, you know, a great example yesterday, it really comes down to like the leverage guys. It comes down to the ownership projection of the players. Like, okay. Yeah. Having 50% of a player sounds like a lot, but, but when they're projected to be owned at 75%, you're actually under the field now. Right. So like a great example uh, was Andre Drummond yesterday, right? Like, projected for 90% ownership. And if you had 50%, you're far under the field. Um, if you had 90%, you're, you're, you're just matching the field. Like, like, yeah, it sounds like a lot, but it is all relative to the rest of the slate is basically the point that I'm trying to make. Like it depends. So I don't love the idea of setting a blanket max, uh, max exposure, especially for NBA. I like, that's why I like, I'm saying like, Hey, I like to adjust stuff. I like to look at the leverages that I have here and I like to see what I'm doing. Right. So like, yeah, having, you know, 62% leverage on like a 7% owned uh, Zubok here is like super weird. And like, that might be like too much leverage for me. Right. Uh, but playing like a hundred percent of Andrew Nemhard here when he's in 87% of my pool lineups and he's pretty highly owned. I mean, I'm still only like two X the field you know, I might be okay with that. So it all really depends. Uh, that's why I really don't like those like blanket rules. Uh, so I would, I would try and, you know, probably come in it more from that lens. All right. Blake said, I'm new to Saberson. Welcome, man. Uh, but I noticed last night, the live ownership projections showed guys in the last game way over owned. I wasn't sure if I was reading it wrong or not. And then it said an example would be I was seeing Moses Brown live ownership projection around 90% and his actual ownership was roughly 5%. Okay. So let's go back to yesterday and let's see what we're seeing. 
So I did see Moses Brown up here. Um, maybe I'll just open up a fresh build because these are from builds I ran earlier in the day. So looks like last projections ran here. So yeah, so we had Moses Brown about 75%. Um, my, so, so just looking at this really quickly here, my, what I assume happened is that he is min salary. He was announced as a starter for Portland here in the one of the last games of the night. And what Saberson did is it reran the ownership, like we were talking about earlier, for the slate and said, oh, if Moses Brown is starting, if Moses Brown is, mm -hmm. you know, at this salary, one, his value goes through the roof. You should try and get to as much of him as possible. So what, what we're saying is like, hey, uh, uh, optimal field, people late swapping, people paying attention. Uh, if they if they are right, they're going to get to a lot of Moses Brown. Now the problem is that maybe not everybody's paying attention. Maybe you know it's it's already late. It's already 10 p.m. Eastern. Maybe people are going to bed. Maybe maybe everyone is you know kind of okay with what their lineups are. Maybe they're uncertain of the situation. But based on our projections, based on on what we were seeing on our side. We thought he was going to be much higher owned. So honestly, if you end up playing him and, you know, maybe you even just like match his ownership and he comes in way low owned, like that's only a good thing for you because we've identified him as a good play on the slate uh, at his salary. And, you know, you're able to get to a ton of him. So uh, him coming in lower than the projected ownership is, is honestly just a good thing. And I think that's, you know, probably something you can expect uh, with these very like late night uh, changes here. Uh, people are not going to swap as optimally as if this information had come out pre-lock. I bet you he was way closer to his actual ownership uh, projection. All right. All right. Uh, scrolling here. Uh, follow up. I got you. Thanks. I was worried he would undervalue him in the sim since his live ownership was much higher than actual. Gotcha, man. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, definitely not like, uh, you know, this value is going to come in so important here, right? Like his value was like a nine, which is the highest on the, on the slate. And like, it doesn't look like he ended up performing as well as our projections still about like six X his value. So not so bad at his salary. Um, but, uh, but, but it is what it is. And it seemed like he was in a pretty good spot all things considered. But with that said, we are all caught up with questions in the Office Hours channel and the YouTube chat. So appreciate you guys tuning in. As always, we will be right back here tomorrow, Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern for our next show. So until then, everybody, take care. Good luck. I'll see you all. Thanks. Bye.